It's the round table on Dog Post. Fletcher from the Louisville Courier Journal. Fletcher Page joins me, a men's basketball reporter up there in the Commonwealth in the bluegrass. Although I have noticed, Fletcher, first of all, it's it's not bluegrass, but uh, I don't want to anger all of our friends in Kentucky. When I say our friends, I mean my friends. Uh, Fletcher, this is an interesting week to talk on the roundtable. I, think I, might, we talk, I think I might be getting paid overtime this week. <laughs> typically, we talk a lot of uh, football, but the, with the basketball background that the two of us have, um, it is an interesting week. And I've gotten through some of the research that I wanted to get through for this call. Some of them I have to wing it. Let's let's talk just for a second here. I mean, we've got a lot on the table. We've got the FBI and we've got the FBI men's basketball stuff. We've got uh, the close of the SEC season. I mean, Kentucky is in striking distance now, being the two seed. Although it looks like the best case scenario probably for them is the three. Georgia is sitting as the top. They are in a log jam at nine, ten, eleven. 7-9 with LSU, who had swept in A&M. So this A&M and Tennessee stretch for Georgia is critical for a lot of different reasons, <clears throat> namely that they need to get to uh, that they need to get to Nashville with two more or St. Louis with two more wins. And then also, too, Fletcher, I mean, we're going to talk about what the future is with Mark Fox. We're going to sprinkle in some football stuff, too. But right now, there's been a lot of people on Dog Post who have been curious about um, – you know, the future for Mark Fox. So let's just start there. Uh, does I get this question a lot. Does the current climate in men's basketball in the country, is that, is that going to help Mark Fox try to, if he wins these last two games, let's give them these last two games. And they arrive in Nashville at nine and nine in, league, in the league. I'm sorry. I keep saying Nashville. If they arrive in nine and nine in St. Louis, in the league schedule, Mark has said that that will get them into the tournament. What say you? Um, well, I think that that's unlikely. Uh, that they'd still obviously have some work to do. I haven't looked at Georgia's specific resume, but to set, to try to frame this as if Mark Fox can win uh, X amount of games in the next couple weeks, then he retains his job. To sort of to sort of plant your stakes on that on a couple of games is that seem irrelevant to me. I, I think is not the way that you should handle a, a prominent coaching position at your university. So um, Mark Fox is exactly who he is. I believe his I believe he's two games below 500 in conference play for his career. Okay, if I'm not mistaken. So for you to say that he, if he can get to nine and nine. And I'm just thinking, well, over the course of his career, that's basically what Mark is. He's a 500 coach in the SEC. Now, he did have some – I understand that he had some seasons uh, where they won 20 games overall and they, they were better in the conference, but the conference wasn't that great. And Georgia consistently sort of lagged behind the teams that had national respect. When, and that's obviously evidenced by the fact they didn't get in the NCAA tournaments most of those years. So – I don't think it matters. I mean, what does it matter if they finish 9-9? Nine and nine? I don't think that gets them an NCAA, but as it relates to him keeping his job, uh, I, I don't think that you could just say, well, they finished great against Tennessee and Florida, and they were able to you know, sort of rally and get to 9-9. Nine and nine. I, I mean, what does that matter? Ken Palm gives uh, the dogs about a 50-50 shot against Texas A&M. Texas A&M, I'll tell you, I'm Most not sure there's a disappointing been. team. Well, but let me just say this, too. I mean, 
the Gators and A&M, you just can't figure them out. I mean, Florida, Florida has eaten a couple of bad losses along the way or a few bad losses along the way. Um, I'm not sure I understand the Gators, but A&M, you could say they had some injury issues. But back to Georgia, okay? Kim Palm gives them about a 20% chance to beat the Vols. I think they will split these final two games, and they will end up something like uh, 17 and, and 14 or something like that. I think we're talking, um, about, this, we're talking about this wrong. To try to okay. ask like, why should he keep his – to try to say why should he be fired, the question to me is why should he keep his job? Like, well, I think that's what the powers that be at Georgia okay. are looking at right now. I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, and and, and to, totally non-political here. Oh, here's just as we're talking. Um, Is the there number eight player. Report? <laughs> no, but the number eight player in the country, uh, Ashton Haggins, has decommitted from Georgia. So that's pretty big news. Evan Daniels reporting that on on scouts. Is so, that the five star point guard? That is. Well, that would indicate to me that Mark Fox is going to be fired. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That kid is probably. Well, I'm serious. That if if that kid, I'm sure that that it could be framed as something else went on, but he's probably been told something. I don't know if he's been told something or not, um, but. Uh, Okay, well now, now I'm serious. That, that you could at least have said, I would have listened to you if we were at the bar, and, and you wanted to say, well, the recruiting has gotten better, you know, and it has with Rayshon Hammond, um, the Claxton kid. I think has got some potential, uh, and then you've got and you've got a five-star point guard that could potentially enroll early, lined up. Yeah, you could sell me on that, but obviously this kid's decommitting. Um, okay, so what's your second reason to keep Mark Fox? And I really want to talk about this. Your second reason would be if you were ignorant uh, columnist in Atlanta, that uh, Mark Fox... <laughs> you'd, be a little, you'd be a little rough on shit, man. Let's, let's, let's if, not go hard in on... I mean, ignorant is a strong term. I've not written about what... No, ignorance is fine. Yeah. We're all ignorant of a lot of things. That, I mean, I think... Well, I don't think... Chip, I, I'll say this, and I mean, I, I, whenever I see Chip, Chip and I can talk about uh, this. Listen, I didn't mean to go too hard on Chip. Chip's been great to me, uh, but... yeah. Well, just, he, it is it is accurate that he is not familiar necessarily with some of the things that have you know sort of gone on in in around the around the AAU world around college basketball recruiting. But go ahead. Well, that Mark Fox has run a clean program is, I mean, okay. I I mean it's I guess it's commendable. It certainly is. It's it's great that he's, but he's had players arrested while he's been coach. Yes, he's had multiple players arrested while he's been coach, and I want to get into this as it relates to Mark Fox. But I think we need to talk about the FBI investigation first. Okay. All right. So obviously, I've been really involved with this because Kentucky was mentioned, and so as I can see, I just want to lay this out just from the Kentucky's perspective because they're in the conference, and we can maybe uh, maybe judge Mark Fox and his clean program and if, if that it actually means something if you're a fan and if, if it makes you want to keep your coach, right? So right. for Kentucky, they had two player they had three players total from the Calipari era named in a recent Yahoo Sports report. Uh, Kevin Knox is a current player, the leading scorer on the team. Bam Adebayo was on last season's team and Nerlens Noel, who was on that 2012-13 NIT team. Uh, and so obviously there's a range of players from Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, 
at least 20 programs, 25 players were involved in just this one report. I'm, I'm pretty, I think it's pretty safe to say, don't you, that there's probably going to be almost every major program impacted, a, a majority, I would say, right? I, I, I've got, I'm going to start doing um, so a little bit more reporting on this, but um, I got 20, 25 currently with this NCAA or the FBI scandal so far. Okay. So as it, as for this latest report, and again, we can get, there, there's probably going to be more because obviously Yahoo Sports, Pat Forty, former uh, Louisville Courier-Journal uh, employee, uh, and Pete Thamel, they, they have access to, to sealed documents. So nobody else really has this. That's some. That's, that's pretty that's awesome. Some, uh, that's some pop, prop Joe shit right there. It is, and I have a theory on. on I have a theory on that. And I, I don't know if it's reckless to say, but I, I certainly think that if anybody leaked those documents, I don't think it would have come from the federal side. Um, no. I think it would have come from Christian Dawkins, the an, an agent who's been prominently named. I think it would come from that side because they're certainly turning the court of public opinion. That's what they're working to do. Because who, who is who is trying to turn it? What help the audience out there? Okay, I think that you you always automatically when you hear like there's a scandal, you're thinking that there's like coaches that are giving briefcases of bills to players. It's a pay for play. Come to my school. Um, that's not what's going on here. Um, what's happening is agents are setting up meetings um, and also providing loans and paying for meals. Um, and, and to try to secure clients that are going to be in the NBA very soon. Okay, so what, what that is, is that nothing illegal is happening in these meetings. These loans are not illegal. They're just against NCAA bylaws. So right. the, the way that I think that, the reason why I think all this stuff is coming out is because you're seeing an overwhelming response to these reports. You say, oh, well, you, you might have bought Colin Sexton from Alabama um, a meal, well, why can't he get a meal? He's earned that. He can. He can, should be able to cash in on his market value. If an agent wants to buy him a steak dinner, why shouldn't he get to eat that steak dinner? If an agent wants to give Bam Adebayo a $12,000 loan, as has been alleged, why shouldn't Bam Adebayo's family, his mother lives in a trailer and worked two jobs while he was a high school recruit. She used to walk to well, work. Why shouldn't they take that twelve grand? And then and be able to use that. That's what I think that that's a fairly safe opinion for somebody to take. And now that you're seeing this stuff, you're going, well, what's the big deal here? What's the problem? A lot of people are saying, what is the problem with this? What is the problem with 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 what? What is the problem with, with a high school recruit cashing in on his market value that he's created? Well, his own I hard think work? the the argument of the um, of the NCAA and it's you know, in its member institutions is that that's fine, but then you can't play in our, in our set of parameters. Right. And so that's, I that's, agree. And again, that's what they're saying. And a lot of columnists, a lot of people in the media and a lot of fans are saying, well, your rules are stupid. Then let's, let's, instead of enforcing yeah. stupid rules, let's change the rules. So that's, what's kind of coming wow. out about it. So well, here, here, go ahead. Well, Kevin Knox at, at Kentucky, Wendell Carter at Duke, um, the Michigan State kid whose name is Miles Bridges. All three of those guys, Kentucky, Duke, and Michigan State, came out very quickly after the report, said they looked into it. Um, there was no uh, compromise uh, of eligibility. And even if they had gotten a meal, if it, was, if it cost less than uh, $100, 
then they could have theoretically paid back that 100 or they could have paid back for that meal and been eligible immediately. So uh, that really wasn't a big deal. Now, as it relates to Kentucky and Bam Adebayo, if he did take a $12,000 loan when he was still a recruit, then Kentucky could potentially have to vacate last season. Is that a big deal? No. No banner would come down. Kentucky was in the Elite Eight, didn't make it to the Final Four. But it would mean that John Calipari who has it would mean that John Calipari would have wins vacated that he that they won on the court at all three college institutions he's coached at. And for people to act like this is a new thing that one and done created this, John Calipari is proof this has been going on. It's the same thing. Marcus Camby in 1996 is 22 years ago. Marcus Camby took some things from a sports agent when it was very clear he was going to be a, a first round pick. I believe he was a number one overall pick, um, and they had to vacate. That was that was yeah that was an agent. Thing at the time so same thing it's the same thing because there's always going to be this sort of you can call it a dark economy or an underworld whatever but these players <laughs> have to make a decision on an agent and they're gonna they're gonna get it and for people to, to act like this is a basketball thing i know that uga football players have met with agents while they were still currently uga football players and i know well, that's a that that occurs every single year. That's a that right. That's at, legal. At, at a minimum, that yes, go ahead. That's legal. You can meet with them, but it's illegal. But it's not. It's against NCAA violations to say charge a fee to meet with those agents, to go to Longhorn and order five steaks to go when you meet with these agents. That's against NCAA violations, and those are the kind of things that go on. And I, I think that. Um, it's been going on for a long time. So let's get that. That sort of lays out what's in this report. That's the basic game here is agents are trying to get in earlier and earlier because they're recruiting too. But I don't understand why the argument for Mark Fox always includes that line that he, he's not going to, he's not going to play the AAU game. I don't understand why that's even a thought because a, if Mark Fox doesn't play the AAU game, he should be fired immediately. And B, to brag about it, is ignorant. I don't know that anyone's ever bragged about that. Well, it's clear. always laced through these columns that he doesn't play the AAU game. When but it's every the, single listen, player, man. Chip every has, single Chip, player, Chip, every Chip single player that Mark Fox has ever coached yep. played AAU. But Chip, listen, man, Chip... Mark Bradley, I mean, I don't know about Mark Bradley, Chip, Jeff Schultz, you know, enter the name of any columnist that writes, Nicole in Athens, you in Athens, none of y'all ever played AAU basketball. And so there's a certain amount of, as you, well, hold on. It matters in this such, when you hear play the AAU game, you assume things are much more nefarious than they probably really are. I don't. I know you don't. If I could just finish my paragraph. You lumped me into Uh, a group of people. It didn't make much sense. Well, I put Nicole in there, too. Well, she's never used that term in a column. All right. I, I don't. Here, here's my point. It's, it, <clears throat> I, know enough about, <clears throat> I know enough about football recruiting that I don't write about certain things. And in basketball, I know enough about it that I feel like I can. And the journey, and that's what it was, that I had – playing for uh, AAU for five years with the Atlanta Celtics and then going on to play in college basketball where every last one of us played on an AAU team in Division Two. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, come on. And, um, you know, 
is there is there cheating that goes on in men's ba- in basketball? There's no question there is, but is it widespread down to the fiftieth player out of the top hundred? I'm not sure that it is. See, that's the part that I think is overblown, and you can you can win in a substantial way at Georgia and or anywhere else without you know playing the alleged AAU game. It's plenty. Playing the AAU game is code for, I don't totally think I understand everything that's going on here. I'm a white guy talking about, and I'm not, I'm not talking about Chip here, I'm talking about people in general. Because uh, I don't even think Chip said play the AAU game. But anyway, um, I think it's code for, look, I, Mark Fox is a good guy. And he's had str- a struggle winning. He has struggled winning because everyone else out there cheats. I'd be real careful if mm-hmm. I were Georgia people walking down that line because guess who just was really, really good at football and guess who's going to have people pointing at them about cheating? I mean, that's already starting with Georgia football. Do I know anything about it? Actually, I don't. I don't. Not, not in this cycle. So, you know, I would just be real careful about, hey, Alabama cheats in football. All right, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to quote this column. Exactly. Why, 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 don't you, why don't you exactly prove what you're talking about? I mean, Mark Fox is well respected in the basketball world. Hey, I want to. I, I want to. Okay, I wanna, let me finish this thought, then I'm going to let you go off. I think if I if I were someone if I were Mark Superior at Georgia or Greg, I would say, you know what, you know about this. Let's start turning schools in. But I'm not aware that that's happened. Go Here's ahead. the line. The word on the street always has been that Fox refused to interact with agents, AAU coaches, or other third-party entities when it came to recruiting players for Georgia. So that sentence is factually incorrect. If Mark, Fo- or if it's not factually incorrect, then Mark Fox has not been um, fulfilling his duties as a coach to recruit. If he has not been in contact with AAU coaches, then he should be fired. That's, I agree. So I say that this sentence... That's, that's, a ridiculous, that's a ridiculous statement. Well, this sentence is factually incorrect then. And again, I'm going to just repeat it. Mark Fox plays the AAU game. He just doesn't play it well. Okay? Put that in your, in your column. He plays, you're going to die on this still, aren't he you? He plays the AAU game. He just doesn't play it well. I mean, I've been told... I mean, And you can go. I mean, you can go to Peach Jam. Mark's issue early... I haven't been around the last two seasons. His issue early was that he was not visible enough and he just hasn't recruited as hard now of course did he lose some recruits to cheating yes no question john, so does Kirk. so does john calipari and it happens but this has been a very convenient thing for mark fox here at the very end and he's had a bizarre run recently he's come after the media in a bizarre fashion and now he's been able to sort of come at the sanctity of the game that only he and the SEC is upholding, and <laughs> and unfortunate and unfortunately, him and the SEC. Yes, unfortunately, the SEC is the funny part. Well, unfortunately, do you know how many? Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say that is it a factually incorrect sentence that he does not interact with AAU coaches, or it proves that he is incompetent to continue to be a coach in the SEC. Which one of the two is it? And I think it's the right. first one. Here's the math. All right. And this is kind of speaks to Mark Fox's point, if you want to take it. But the SEC, I mean, come on now. 
nine SEC schools, nine, as Ferris Bueller's Day Off once said many times, nine SEC schools have been either on probation in men's basketball in the last ten year in the last ten years, or caught up or are currently caught up in this FBI silliness. All right, you want me to name them for you? Okay. Alabama, Alabama, Kentucky, LSU, uh, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Missouri. Uh, well, I got South Carolina twice. Missouri, Tennessee, and Alabama. So I'm gonna that. So that's actually eight. So that's more than half the league. That is an amazing thing right there. That's amazing. Yeah. And so I don't think we need to hear about the SEC holding up anything. And look, just look, I think let's just not talk about the SEC and cheating unless we're talking about the SEC cheating because there's plenty of it going on in the SEC. Yeah, but now, again, but again, if you're Mark Fox or Kirby Smart or John Calipari, how are you going to be able to know if one of your recruits met with an agent at Longhorn and, and got well, a steak dinner paid good, for? I think that's a very good point. I mean, it's impossible for um, – I, I remember talking to Claude one time, Claude Felton, the sports information director at Georgia. And he said to me – this is probably mid-2000s – he said, you know, a lot of the recruiting people know the kids better than the coaches do. And that's true. There's no restriction for Evan Daniels to talk to, uh, you know, Yante Mayton. I mean, he can call, he can be Yante's best friend during all of this, you know? So I, I, I don't know. And then when I think about Jim Herrick got fired for a lot less than a lot of this is going on. I mean, do you see any real fallout from this FBI stuff? It's all an allegation and affidavits and so forth. Michigan state. I don't, I don't see anything happening as a result of this North Carolina. No. There's a clear line. Obviously, if you're Louisville, it, and again, there's all these third parties. There's agents that are recruiting these kids. There are shoe companies that are... Yeah, they are the devil. Are, but again, though, it comes back to... You want to talk about the cheating. That's where it starts. That's where the money comes Well, but here's the line. shoe people. Well, right, but here's where the line is. So you've obviously established sort of... The line would come in as what is Rick Patino or uh, Sean Miller, where now you say, okay, <clears throat> it's fine in my opinion if you want to take a player out to dinner if you're an agent, um, and then maybe just sort of work that relationship, and then when they turn pro in a year or two, they know who you are and you could potentially sign them and represent them and and guide them through their professional career, right? That that makes sense, right? Where yeah. it be, where it becomes an issue for the school would be. Let's say you establish a relationship with an assistant coach, which is essentially what happened at Auburn. That's why their case is vastly different. And if you're a shoe company and you establish a relationship with a coach, that's what happened at Louisville. So now you start to triangulate. Okay, now I'm an agent or a shoe rep. I have some contacts with these players and I have contacts with these coaches why don't we try to, all of us, figure out a system where we could win? Let's have the recruit go to said school where I know said coach. He can keep the keep my name in good standing and kind of push me toward, toward either wearing my shoe or being represented by my agency. So that's where you triangulate the cheating. And that, that's, where you, that's where it gets different. Now, you can't police 
all of your recruits and 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 know everything that they've done in the past in terms of meeting people and what they might have accepted. It's impossible. But it's impossible. But if you're a coach, if you've got coaches on your staff that are in communication with these people, that's where you start to kind of become a liability, and that's where you say, okay, this is where it be, it kind of crosses the line, and now you're seeing where. I am in I am in favor of the kids being able to to cash in on their um, market value, which I understand is probably not something that's going to happen anytime soon. But I don't think I'm in the minority anymore with that opinion. But the problem becomes some of these kids, like Brian Bowen, if you're to believe the documents, he could have potentially gone to Indiana or Arizona or Louisville. It was whoever was was willing to to play the game was where he was going to go. So the decision had essentially been taken out of his hands. And that's where it kind of crosses into where you're taking advantage of the kids. So that's not what you want, obviously. And that's where I think it, it really changes and goes from something that I don't think is a morally wrong thing to it becomes not the kid's decision and other people are cashing in um, and making money off of his hard work. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. Uh I think generally speaking, I, I don't, and I don't think this should be like sort of a judgment against against people who are writing about this. But there is a large amount of lack of understanding about what's going on behind the scenes here. I mean, you, you, these kids are inundated with. Um, if you're gifted at anything, no matter what it is, particularly basketball and sports. You're going to be sought after by people who eventually are going to want to sign you when you're a professional player. And so you're seeing this in college football. But what, what I think most folks don't understand, or at least they're not giving it enough um, credence, is you know these, fo these folks are human beings who have issues at that moment. They can't necessarily worry about the NCAA's bylaws which they may fall under for one year or they may never have to deal with ever. Mm -hmm. And right then, if uh, Adidas is saying to you, hey, you know, we would like to give you 15000 Well, let's just call it $15,000. You know, we know you need a little help. Here's 15 Gs. Keep it quiet. And, uh, you know, when if and when you become a professional athlete, think, of, think about us. Yeah. And so... That's 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 what's being done here, and it, they are. I don't think they're breaking any laws that I'm aware of. Right. So maybe we need an attorney on this thing. I'm not sure, but uh, your your general problem. With, so back back to Mark Fox. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, um, there's going to have to be some reconciliation of. Um, there's a lot of schools who have been in trouble with the NCAA um, specifically. I mean, Georgia Tech, twice in the last 10 years, uh, in 20, 2014 and 2011, were, was, were placed, had major uh, infractions from the NCAA for football and basketball. It's one of the only schools that I can find in the last 10 years. Southern Methodist is the other that's had two problems with basketball in the last 10 years uh, that they've been placed on probation. So it is widespread, but a little bit like the, the gun issue right now, I just am, maybe I'm too much a prisoner of the moment, but I find it hard to believe, <clears throat> or I'm having a hard time figuring out 
how things are really going to change. Because unless you get the shoe money, which pays probably, I don't know how much of Mark Fox's contract it pays, but that's a substantial portion of it. Unless you get the shoe money out, and they are completely within their right to do what they're doing, I don't know how amateur athletics is going to really change. It's, I, in fact, I would say it won't. It's, 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 you know, once you're once you're in the schools and you're taking the money from TV and you're taking the money from uh, the shoe companies and you're taking the money from tickets. Tickets is one thing, but all those other three things. I mean, it's hard to say the people that are coming to your institution shouldn't be able to take money too. Um, I know it's. I know there's right and wrong. I try to teach my children the difference between right and wrong, and this is morally wrong. Uh, what's going on here? Um, but it's not. You know, it's not easily fixed either. For the record, no, it certainly is not easily fixed. It's a very complicated issue because it's essentially its own economy. Um, Co correct, for sure. I mean, Jordan Brand is the number two brand in the world. It basically is a men's basketball shoe company lifestyle. Right. I mean, Under Armour has gotten into it big time. Um, let me let me just you know it's. You know, Mark Fox's contract is two point uh, is two million dollars. Um, he gets one million dollars a year for radio and TV. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's that's a lot of money for radio and TV. Three hundred thousand of his his base salary is just from the University of Georgia. He gets two hundred thousand for camps, and I'm trying to find the shoe money. I know he gets. Supple, supplemental income is another half a million dollars, and then he gets about three $3,000 worth of shoes, apparel, equipment, and manufactured stuff from the man, University of Georgia. stays so, fresh. Well, I mean, it, it's good-looking It's good looking clothes. There's no doubt about that. But that money is coming from Georgia. I mean, it's coming from Nike. I mean, that money, I could tell you right now, if I'm, I'm in front of the big computer right now, so it's hard to quickly navigate through this stuff. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken... The money that comes from Nike to Georgia for this contractual year is about, well, I don't want to oversay it here, but, but this is the crux of the problem, see, if you want to call it a problem. Um, that stuff, here are the shoe contracts. Uh, Georgia is $3.8 million a year from Nike, and that expires in 2024 very soon. I will be extremely interested to see what Alabama gets, they have $3.67 million. Their contract expires in 2018, and they are getting paid less than Georgia totally. Mm -hmm. That's a curious thing. I mean, I would think Alabama, if Michigan is worth uh, $15 million and Texas is worth $16.6 .6 million, I would, I would imagine that Nike will be extremely excited to not let its premier football program go away. Um, you know, Georgia, Fletcher, Georgia and Alabama played, like Alabama, and this is for 2016, Alabama was paid $3.67 million in 2016 for its contract. It, paid, it played in front of 121 million, 121 million viewers in the 16th season. That was the season they lost the Clemson National Championship game. They Nike paid them three cents 
per viewer. Nike paid Georgia 17 cents per viewer. Texas hmm. was paid 50 cents per viewer. And you can't tell me Alabama's not worth more than Texas. So all of this gets back to the general point. The largest shoe contract this second, or excuse me, at the time that I did this research was was uh, Auburn at seven point eight million dollars uh, for the twenty sixteen cycle. I mean, they were getting paid a lot to be Under Armour. Nike uh, Nike's largest school was Tennessee because they just renegotiated the contract for four point six million dollars. Adidas pays well because mm-hmm. they only have a few schools. Six point eight million dollars for A and M. Uh, Carolina gets $6 million for Under Armour. And as I said before, Nike, uh, Under Armour pays Auburn $7.8 million. The contracts for the, inst- the 12 institutions that I could get, or is that 10? One. It's 11 schools that I have. I could not get Mississippi State or Arkansas for some reason. The lump sum that the institutions were paid from shoe companies in 2016 for 11 institutions was 48 million dollars so that's a fair amount of change it's not crazy money but it's how, a fair how amount. much money did you save nike pays mark fox well i i'd have to i need to read the contract rather than just splurting i mean we do this stuff live i could press pause and we could i could go through it but the base salary is three hundred thousand dollars the team the espn money for lack of their term is one million dollars uh, he gets $200,000 for putting on camps. That's $1.5 million. And then the association agrees to pay Fox $500,000 per fiscal year during the term of the supplemental income. It's called supplemental income. So that's, generally speaking, where the money comes from for from Nike, et cetera. Now, I could be a little bit off about that. Definitely could be off, no doubt. Mark needs but to be a better I, agent. Yeah, guess how much Rick Pitino got paid by Adidas uh, for 2016-17. Adidas, Adidas pays a lot more. Adidas paid so Rick Pitino $2.25 million for 16-17 Well, Mark, Mark, Mark Fox ain't Rick Pitino. Well, I guess not. I mean, and in many ways, thank God he's not Rick Pitino. There's some, <laughs> I mean, there's some really creepy things that went on. Uh, Kirby for his media obligations. Oh, I can't quickly, I can't quickly see here. Some of these contracts have changed uh, over time. Okay, Kirby is two point two million dollars for radio and TV services and public relations obligations. Uh, Four hundred thousand for base salary, which is not bad. Uh, he gets $3,600 worth of shoes and gear, lack of a better term. He gets $1 million for equipment compensation. I can't imagine how that could be anything other than Nike. So, uh, and then he gets, uh, let me make sure this is correct. He almost got paid on nearing, uh, 1.6 1.6 million for everything he accomplished last year. I mean, he was a play away from a $1 million check alone for the national championship and playing in the national championship was 600,000 more for Kirby. Uh, he's also got some academic stuff in here, but there's, there's nice no, touch. there's no, well, no, he does. I mean, it says 50 G's for, um, if the team finishes in the top 
uh, third of the SEC in the G GSR and APRs. Uh, and, of course, $50,000 for Coach of the Year in the SEC, 100000 National Coach of the Year. The maximum for bo that bonus is $150,000. So I would have to go back and look better through what Mark gets paid from Nike. But there's no question that Kirby is getting uh, about a million, a little bit more than a million dollars uh, per year. Um, and they pay it quarterly for what's called equipment compensation. Uh, so that's... Um, I mean, I don't know how that can't be considered Nike, but my point is that the schools are awash in money and the prospects are supposed to keep their grubby hands off of it. I, in my opinion, <laughs> there's got to be something done here that makes more sense of this system is not making a lot of sense, man. And it's, it's leading to this stuff. If you had a situation, well, by the way, it's not exclusively the schools. It's not exclusively the shoes. It's not exclusively the NBA. I mean, the NBA has got a labor contract. They've got a they've got a, a union that they have dealt with. The union agreed to this. This isn't the NBA exclusively. This is the union from the NBA. Players who are NBA basketball players have a union, and they were the ones who uh, agreed with this as well. So this is. There's a lot of people who are "quote unquote" at fault here. Um, I don't know when it, that union um, expires, but and, and that agreement expires. But it's got to be sometime soon uh, in the 2024 season. So another six years, yeah, about six years. Right, and, and that, I think one and done. The one and done rule has sort of been the scapegoat for, as sort of a, totally, totally. So, uh, but you'd still have the same game, and, and the basic premise is you've got schools recruiting players, you've got shoe companies recruiting players, you've got yeah. agents recruiting players, and all that comes with those uh, pursuits. So I don't, I agree with you that unless, unless you allow these players to profit off their market value, which has been well established, what someone is willing to pay you for your services is what your market value is. I mean, this has been clearly established. And it's what America is based on. I know. I love it. I love that they've tried to, that people that get so offended by this, uh, you know, this is basically communism or socialism at, and, and work here. And uh, capitalism practices are going on behind closed doors. All of that to the side. Yeah, okay, so let's hold up. Hold up. <laughs> let's close the book on the NCAA and all that. I'm not going to wade back into that. Um, but for the rest of this conversation, if is will does Mark Fox keep his job? And I, I just want to get it started with asking you, because you're there and around it. What the hell was Mark Fox talking about? After that Tennessee game, uh, he had just beaten Florida and Tennessee to sort of get some good headlines going after a pretty disappointing season to that point. And he started talking about how, I guess, media members hated his players or didn't like them. And that. All right. So, from, from all I can gather, because the only person I can see that has written anything close to that, and I have not talked with him, is Jason Butt. And I, I don't know oh, who's yeah. making, making Telegraph reporters. I mean, I love Jason. 
Um, I'm not sure. I, I read what Jason wrote. I'm not sure how Mark and maybe Mark wants to clarify this. I don't. I don't really care. Um, I'm not sure that that rose to the level of of what came out of that press conference. I'm a little confused by the press conference. I'll admit I was not there for that one. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. And I think that a lot of people that I talked to behind the scenes basically said, hey, you know, um, this is what you see at the end of career or at the end of coaching uh, uh, tenures is, is stuff like this, which is weird. Um, blame the media, blame the corrupt game you're not winning at. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see where Jason ran down the, the players on the team. I don't know where anybody has. Well, just so that way people know, um, J- uh, Jason Butt from the Macon Telegraph, I think he does a good job. He was a, he was my sports editor at the uh, Red and Black, so Jason and I have been friends for a long time. He could have edited it. should have edited you a little harder. I know. Uh, and being an editor is a tough job, uh, especially when you're dealing with people like me. Um, <laughs> Jason wrote a story, it looks like, about Bryce Brown, uh, who went to Tucker. Uh, you might know a little bit about that place. Tucker High in Stone Mountain. That's not in Stone Mountain. I'm sorry. Uh, Tucker is Tucker. Stone Mountain right. is Stone Mountain. Uh, right. But he, he was from Stone Mountain. He had played, in a, he had played at two high schools in, in high school. I'm sorry. So Bryce Brown is the leading scorer for Auburn. He's the best, he's, so he's essentially the best player on the best team in the league. And so I think it's reasonable for Jason to go write a story um, about somebody from the state of Georgia that's having success and obviously is going to be a national player or na- on the national stage uh, with St. Louis, the SEC tournament coming up, and then the NCAA tournament with Auburn in the play for a two or a three seed in the big dance and obviously the one seed in an SEC tournament. And I guess this is what made Mark Fox so angry um, in that essentially it is at its purest form, this story would ask the question, right? Why is Auburn? Why does Auburn have the leading scorer on the best team in the conference, and why doesn't Georgia have that player? Right, that's the question it asks. I assume. Uh, go ahead. And the answer is, Bryce Brown was not a well-known recruit, or not. I'm sure he's well known, but he he only had offers to like Charlotte. Another school, maybe it, like a UNC. Yeah, Wilmington. it wasn't a bunch. Yeah, it wasn't a bunch of. I mean, it's not even a top three hundred player. Right. I think he he essentially slipped through the cracks. Right, and so if and you know how this is, guards are a dime a dozen on the AAU league. Like you can go watch a million guards. Uh, you immediately know when you see Bowl Bowl if he's seven foot three, or if you see Austin Wiley. <laughs> you know, if you see Austin Wiley at 6'10", 250, you know that kid. You see it, you know. But you see a million guards, and you know what. If you evaluated Bryce Brown, if you're Georgia or Florida State or any of these, maybe even Western Carolina looked at him, apparently. I mean, he might not have got an offer from Western Carolina. If you evaluated him and you said, you know what, I think we can do better, that's fine. You missed the evaluation. Maybe Bryce Brown turned into something in his first couple well, he, years at Auburn. He did. I mean, he, <laughs> he developed not being that great to being pretty good. Right. I mean, it's the same thing that goes with, Wow, why didn't anybody recruit J.J. Frazier? Well, Georgia, got, Georgia was able to hit on evaluation there and develop him into what he was. I know it might not be the best example because J.J. had some limits. But um, that's, the, that's sort of the, if we're going to talk about the game being clean, that in its purest form is, hey, go out and evaluate, get the players you want. Okay, 
You missed on Bryce Brown. That's okay. Like I said, there's a million guards. Um, they got Tyree Crump and some other kids. You, and sometimes you just miss on guys. Sometimes you miss the evaluation. Sometimes you don't win the recruitment. And that's, I think that's okay. I don't understand why that's so offensive. It happens. It still happens to Kirby Smart, right? Just not very often. Maybe it doesn't happen to Kirby Smart. <laughs> Well, you know, Bryce Brown was a good – he was a solid player for Auburn. But he, he, he has gone from being solid to explosively good. Now, he's got some injuries lately here. Um, you know, he, was, he basically was double digits the entire uh, – this, this current season. And whereas the two seasons before, he was, you know, not necessarily double digits. So, um, a game. So, he, he's, he has become – him and Yante – and I think the kid from LSU, the, the guard there, they have they have emerged as possible players of the year. I think Yante should win conference player of the year. He is nearly impossible to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, and get my vote. Well, here's here's the thing too. You know, I, I don't know. I can't under. I don't know what Mark was talking about. I don't. But I think he's got to be given credit for the the development of Yante. Particularly has yeah. been you know, amazing. But here we are again. And if you take a look at, at Georgia, you know, their situation moving into the future, I mean, you just lose arguably the best player in this region has backed away. Um, and Evan Daniels, who you and I both know uh, relatively well, um, you know, his, the person who gave Evan the story, no surprise, is the uh, AAU coach. So, um, you know... They got you. Got to get guys like Ash Haggins in the game. If you don't, you're not going to play as well. Period. I mean, you're not. You're, you can't really expect them to get to the tournament with what they've got. That's that's my argument here. It is is it's it's really about. Um, I'm laughing. I'm laughing at you. Players. We've had this conversation about Mark Fox for uh, let's see here. He's been there nine years. Yeah, ten years. We've had it. We've, we've had it for had about it. nine years. <laughs> yeah, knew pretty yeah, quick. I mean, it's it's interesting too because I mean he he when Dylan went to watch him play, he said this guy is unbelievable, unbelievable. Who Hagen? And he's a guy. Yeah, he said this. He could be a game changing. Let me ask player you a question. Georgia. Hagens was a five-star that was briefly committed to Georgia. Contavious Caldwell-Pope was a five-star that w- that played for Georgia. Do you think Mark Fox ever talked to their AAU coaches? I bet he did. You're just I bet he did. You know. Wow, that's a long pause. That's some good podcast. I mean, I just you uh you you're just not gonna let that one thing go. No, because it's a, it's it, it sets up this idea that it's like it blows a dog whistle on an industry, an AAU industry that people for whatever reason believe to be just completely corrupt. And yeah, sure the AAU has some issues, but it sort of sets up this like Mark Fox has this figure who has gone against that system and it's just all the way around not correct what what do you think happens here do you think that kid gives any look at georgia 
No, no, but not now. I mean, you can't. No, if you if you let if you let Mark go, does he does he oh, stick yeah. around? Take- I would say so. Yeah. Um, of course. And Brian Snow here has written that Kentucky will go after him hard now. Well, I'll see. I'll have to see about that. I mean, I mean, obviously the kid, especially if he can reclassify. I mean, that is all the rage right now. Um, yeah, Kentucky's that's, working that's that play with a, with a power forward in the in in the same class. So um, that that's a big advantage for the for the kid, and that's great for him. It's proof that he's putting the work on the basketball court and in the classroom. I mean, that's everything that that this that that the system is supposed to um, applaud. So yeah, that's where we're at. We're basically just uh, having the same conversation. All right, let's co- let's conversate about something else then. All of a sudden, if you're bring it to me, bring me something good here. Get me back in a good mood. I don't know if I was in a bad mood. I just I just don't like to see things framed in a in a way that's sort of an easy. That's kind of a low hanging fruit, but it's just rotten. All right, yeah, we're gonna go. We're going to go quick here. All right, you ready? Going like Rick Pitino, huh? You know, Fletcher, I've been meaning to talk to you about your. Uh, I've been meaning to talk to you about your. Uh, that's, your uh, what's the word? That's go the ahead. new. That's what she said. If I can work in a, a Rick Patino going quick joke, I can surely offend somebody. I, I remember I used to write the mailbag, and every now and then at your site, and I would work in a "That's what she said" joke, and uh, people would email you and complain about my vulgar and. Uh, Disrespectful ways, so maybe we'll get some complaints. Ready? Let's do it. All right. You hear the music there? We got we got bells and whistles now, boy. What do you think about that? We got bells and whistles. We need a sponsor. We do need a sponsor. Maybe I'll get Nike to sponsor us or Jordan. Let's get Brand. A, no, no, let's get Adidas. They pay better. Well, what about these Chinese shoe companies? How about those? Like Bao Dai or whatever they are that sponsors uh, Novak Djokovic. <laughs> well, who is that racist? They sponsor uh, Stefan Marbury. Ah, yeah, I want those yeah, shoes. Yeah. I want those to be. I think those are the Ling Nas or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Best press box food in the SEC. Uh, Tennessee football. Uh, anywhere that Kentucky's playing on the road will have the best press conference food. I, it is it is never fails, and I love it. I take advantage of it. I get seconds, uh, but they always roll out like fajitas or uh, something good for the Kentucky media. And you always see the home hometown media saying, "Man, I wish Kentucky would play a you know play here more than once a year." All right, what color M M&M and M are you going to go with? I think I like all the colors except for like green. I, if I I would put that in my in my writer if I was a musician. Uh, give me M M&M, and peanut M and M's, um, but all all colors but green. You know why they do that, right? You know why why musicians will do that? Just to see if people are watching the details. That's right. Because if if they'll if they'll take care of the green M and M's, then they'll probably take care of everything else. We had a writer one time at Coker that, and I can't remember who it was, but involved buying alcohol, and we were like, look, we're not going to do that. And they were like, okay, we'll still come. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where is the worst place to cover a basketball in the S- a basketball game in the SEC? 
Hmm. Well, I've, I've now covered every scene. I've been to every arena in the SEC. I recently compiled that list, and it was shocking. I do think that, you know, it's really hard to have a bad place to cover. Um, it Everywhere is sort of pretty advanced. You know, Vanderbilt has got a strange layout, but it's got character. I can't answer that. I, I don't think, you know, Florida was kind of in the dumps for a while, but they recently renovated the O'Connell Center. Old Miss is new. Auburn is relatively new. Uh, Georgia is, um, you know, progressive. Renovated. South Carolina is relatively new. Arkansas's, you know, got the Walton money. I don't think there's a bad place, man. Okay. Sorry. Uh, D, okay. D's nuts or that's what she said? Uh, that's what she said. Mm, I don't know about that. What's the what's the best shoe that you have ever owned? Yeah, I had the pennies uh, when I was in fourth grade. Uh, Penny Hardaway had a had was with Nike. Um, I don't know what it was. I think it was his very first shoe. I, I can still remember. I can still see those shoes. I, I wore those things out. I would I would love to find those shoes because they 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 were really good. It was at a time you know Grant Hill was with Fila. I think Shaq was with Reebok. Penny was with Nike. Uh, Jordan had his own deal. Um, shoes were a big deal for me from about fourth to fourth grade till senior year. I just love shoes back in the day. Penny had the best. Penny, it was Penny's man. Did you watch that documentary on the Magic yeah. Moment? It's pretty good. It was good. It was good. You forget. You forget about how much that we cover that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. You know, like that Georgia-Alabama game will go down forever as one of the best college football championship games ever. Of course, the one the year before was very good, too. But, you know, how many how many Georgia-Vanderbilt games do you have to cover in order to get, in order to, get to that, you know, that moment when it really does matter if you win or you don't? I mean, this, that wasn't exactly the Liberty Bowl in 2010. You know what I mean? Right. Certainly, but then, you know, too, you know, like, I, I can remember, like, covering, like, at Ole Miss back in 2016, Kentucky, like, Isaiah Briscoe had a triple-double. Like, I was there for that. Yeah, I was watching. I was yeah, watching. you were there for that, too, though. I was, actually, and I'm going through images, and I saw Briscoe all tatted up everywhere. Let me Why tell you, you have I've been thinking about tattoos lately, but I, I just never have pulled the trigger. You know where Isaiah Briscoe is right now? He's in Estonia. He scored 50 points in a game recently. How much? How much is he making out there? Out That's a good question. I actually wondered that because I don't know that. I guess I could probably pull it up, but he's out there making some money. That's not a bad. Now, and I saw J, JJ uh, got called up to the D League. Uh, do you get called up to the G League, or how does that work? Um, yeah, I don't. I guess you, it's just like anything else. They just set up a contract for you, right? Uh, if he's, I could have sworn he got pulled into the. G League, not that long ago. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. The Memphis Hustle. Hmm. It is the Memphis Hustle. That's a good name for a team related to Memphis. <laughs> Memphis is it? You know what, man? I like seedy towns like Memphis and Louisville and Gainesville, Georgia. Gainesville, <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> Woo, man! You could still be there. You could still be working in the Gainesville. What was it called? That's right, uh, Gainesville Times. When I came out of school, Gainesville I, Times Picayune 
the, yeah. when I came out of school, I, I had an opportunity to work there or work for you. And I, um, it was a tough decision at the time. And uh, I ended up working for you. So it was know. really a tough decision. Are you kidding right now with this tough decision silliness? I don't know, man. You, you, uh, you're tough to work for. Please. What's next? You got me Sorry. for four more minutes. No, I'm done. That's no, that's it. We're gonna we're gonna let it ride. We're gonna what are we, what are we gonna talk about next week? What are we talking about next week? Everyone wants to know. Inquiring minds. I'm sure we'll be you know we'll we'll be previewing up the SEC tournament. Uh, it can be uh, we could it'll be Fox's last stand. And um, right now, do you think he will be the coach this time next month? Uh, this month, this time next month. That's April. Late, late, late March. I would say no. Late March, yes. Uh, no, he'll be. I'm trying to think of his count, his contract. Now you got me in a. He'll be. He will not be the coach after this season. You think he'll still be around? No, he will not be the coach after this season. Whenever the, they oh, play okay. their last game, he will no longer be the coach. Boy, I don't know what they taught you up in White County, but you got to be a little. You got to enunciate a little bit better. Well, no, I thought you were trying to say when they would actually. No, I don't know when they'll actually do it, but it will. I, I think they will. I think they will. I think Mark would. I mean, my guess is, if I were him, I, I would kind of keep, keep it moving myself. I mean, there's a lot of good places that he could go to um, that are available right now. Colorado State, Washington State. There's some places that could fit for him. But the, the bad thing is, man, you, know, you start talking about stuff like that. I mean, he's got kids, and um, you know, but the kids don't choose what their parents do for a living, and um, you know. Live and learn, I guess. I'm not sure. I think seven, making $17 million um, will, might, might help that landing pad a little differently than whenever I get laid off from this industry in journalism. All right. Let's well, go into close on. All right. Until next week, Fletcher. I'm glad you got to talk to you again. Keep, keep the elephants off your back, and we'll see you next week.